Welcome to Unprofessional and Unprepared, our lighthearted weekly conversation about sports, life, fatherhood, and whatever else comes up with no script and no preparation. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and this week we get to celebrate a solid Browns win, talk about some bad NFL teams, and help rebrand Facebook. I'm joined tonight again by three of the best ever. Phil Danko is back. Hi, Gerbs. Good to be here. Chuck Rambaldo is here as well. I noticed Phil didn't have a title this week. Hi, it's good to see <laughs> you. Have I been demoted? <laughs> she's, I trying to keep, she's trying to keep things moving, guys. Trying to keep <laughs> moving. Tommy Burke is back for a second week in a row. Tom, how does it feel to, to repeat? I'm tired. Uh, it's two weeks in a row. I'm pretty, pretty exhausted. But, uh, let, you know, let's keep going. Let's keep rolling. <laughs> Chucky, we'll start with you tonight. Earlier this month, a U.S. Army Special Forces unit in California was attacked by a ninja. According to Stars and Stripes, a staff sergeant was smoking a late-night cigarette near an airport hangar when an unknown person wearing full ninja garb approached him with a question. Do you know where my family is? The man asked. When the sergeant said he did not, the person in ninja garb began to slash at him with a sword. The sergeant's leg and phone were struck, but he was okay. Later, police officers located the suspected ninja on a nearby road, but the man refused to follow commands, tried to run away, and the deputies ended up having to taser him. Once they did, he dropped the sword. They were able to take him into custody. The ninja was later identified as Gino Rivera, age 35. Chuck, what's your plan if you cross paths with a ninja? Because this is a very real problem now. <laughs> oh, well, is it? Uh, it might be a, a very narrow cast question here. But was it a disco ninja? Because I have some experience. <laughs> it does not sound like it. <laughs> I guess I'm going to do my best to run then. If he has a sword, most ninjas, I assume, would though throw a star at me. So I have no real plan. Maybe run in uh, a pattern that was very erratic. Unless I had my That's nunchucks, a good plan. like normal. Good plan. <laughs> if I have my nunchucks, then it's on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You feel like with your nunchuck skills, you can take yeah. on a, yeah. you can take on a ninja. Uh, I mean, my name's Chuck. And it's derivative, right. of, <laughs> which is why he was named. Yeah, yeah that's right. He's yeah. named after the weapon. <laughs> uh, you are in a heap of trouble if you come across a ninja buddy. <laughs> Very true. Very true. All right, fellas, let's start with our first segment. We'll stay at home. We'll talk Cleveland Browns on Thursday night. Last week, the Browns played the Broncos. And I think the Broncos were exactly what the Browns needed. Cleveland put together Good defense and Dearness Johnson uh, in a 17 to 14 win. Browns move to four and three on the season. They snap a two game losing streak. And if we start with the offense, I think they did just enough to win in a game that was defined by the players who were injured. Uh, Jedrick Wills and Jarvis Landry both came back from injuries and both looked good. Which one of those guys do you think is more important to the success of this offense? I'm going to actually go with Jedrick Wills. Um, and that's it's hard to choose between those two because they're they're both really important to this offense but you saw with wills out there at left tackle they got them move blake hands over to the right side and their line kept case keenum clean all day and i mean most of the time they were run blocking and they're they're really good at that but still uh, you know they they got their run blocking was unstoppable <laughs> i think every running back Every running back that took a handoff in that game averaged over six yards per carry. Uh, that's like NCAA type <laughs> yeah. stuff, right? So I think Wills is probably more important um, long-term for the success of this offense this season. I would agree that they're they're both obviously very important. But, I'll, you know, I'll go a little 
different way here and say that Landry is just such a leader on the field. He looked like he hadn't missed a step at all and was very big for the offense. Um, we needed him back. And I mean, he looked really good. And that's a guy that with Case Keenum, who's uh, probably going to be playing here for a little while, having Landry out there uh, was 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 a big, big influence uh, for the way they were able to go about things and uh, get a win. So I'm going to say uh, Landry. Chucky, how about you? Doesn't leave me with many good options here because I would like to sit on a fence, uh, but I can't. I think they both did really. I think Dylan, Tommy really explained it very well. Landry might be the heart and soul of the offense as a leader. And it's so important to have that left tackle back. Uh, I think maybe he's more important because I, it's, it's a run first team, uh, no matter who's healthy and who isn't. Uh, the only thing that bums me out about him is that he, continues to have his jersey untucked and he's violating so many cyo rules uh, so, um, <laughs> like weighing over 135 yeah. pounds yeah that yeah. too yeah the weight too. <laughs> those two things those two things i mean <laughs> way too big to be a 13 year old and can't keep his jersey tucked in. <laughs> Uh, but you saw how how much uh, more improved that run game was with with just him there. So I'm going to give him the slight advantage. It's really close. That's why it's an interesting question to me because I think that they were both so important to what the offense was able to do on Thursday night. I think I lean towards Wills. You know, I think he was out for two weeks, and this is the first time we've really seen him all season healthy, and it just seemed like the entire line improved with that guy there and doing his thing. And that helps the run game. It helped keep Keenum upright and from being any positions where he could make some mistakes. Um, so I'm going to go Wills. Was Landry injured at the end of the game? I didn't see anything about it like in the news this week. He was, and it was his other knee. It was a weird, like out of bounds play, if I remember correctly, right? Where he just he landed like, on it funny. Oh, oh no, no, you're like. right. You're right. He landed on it on a catch. Yeah. Landed directly on it. And then when he was when he was coming off the field, all of a sudden as he got to the uh, sideline, like he kind of needed help. And when they were reviewing it, they did it really quickly in the game. It was his other knee, not the knee, not the knee with the MCL sprain that he's coming back from. But then I heard nothing about it yeah. since. I guess it's a weird NFL week for the Browns. They don't have to do anything with the injury report until like tomorrow and then they don't have to do anything again till Wednesday and it's that further away from the game you know we need him back mm -hmm. um and and playing well because he's a guy that Keenum obviously relies on Chucky scale of one to five one being OBJ on the Giants five being OBJ on the Browns how bad is it getting with OBJ <laughs> oh is there anything below a five um <laughs> it, it's a it's a five the as close to, to six as possible on that five scale <laughs> right. in a week. Like we went from questioning him last week and have a real discussion about his talent level or his injury, all that stuff in the last pot to, I don't know if he became a very sympathetic figure this week in Cleveland, where the narrative seems to be, he's trying too hard. He's, he's pushing too much. Oh, it's another bunch like, of bullshit. I, I know, right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. exactly what I thought. You know, but like it, it sounded like, yeah, no, it just, it just sounded like that's what I heard on a national level as well. It's like the guy's just trying too hard and you know, he's in his own head. And I'm like, man, this guy's a world-class fucking athlete. Yeah. Uh, and it's getting really bad and it's getting worse and the worse by the week. So a five, I, I'll let everybody else try to explain better than me. <laughs> he did have two important catches on that scoring drive in the second half, which, you know, helped keep the drive going and they scored. And that score ended up being the difference in the game. But before that, it looked like he was, to me, getting worse. 
Yeah, I agree with Chuck. I mean, we're going at least uh, like what six or seven or something. You know, we're we're going off way, off, way off the charts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's very unfortunate. I mean, this is a guy. I mean, you're paying him way too much money for that kind of performance. I mean, that's that's pathetic. I mean, I get it. Those two catches you're talking about, the only two catches I think he had all game. Yeah. So yeah, we're talking about a guy who's supposed to be a number one. If you look at that game, he's not even number three. I mean, hell, Peoples Jones was Dudley, and then. Uh, um Landry was solid yeah. so I you know I just it's just unfortunate because you know he's he's supposed to be a guy that you're, is a reliable guy to get you you know third down fourth down get that first down you know whatever and he just hasn't been able to do it it seems to me that we were discussing whether he was a five reception a game 75 80 yard a game guy and then he comes out and puts in a two catches for like 17 yard performance right um just I don't know, Phil, is he headed the wrong direction for good, or is there still some hope for this guy? First of all, you guys are a bunch of jerks. Um, wow. <laughs> OBJ <laughs> is playing with a grade three AC sprain in his shoulder. Should we don't really, care. I, I can tell. I can tell. He shouldn't be playing. I mean, I, I think he's playing because he just got through his ACL recovery, right? Like, oh, my God, I am not a about to sit down again. He has a grade three, which is as bad a sprain as you're going to have to the AC joint on the top of your shoulder. That can't help him out there. So he's tough. But on that scale, I'm still going to give him a five because this is... Oh, yeah, we're jerks. Sure. I, I yeah. <laughs> I, you're By not the way, is that, is that connected to his hands? You're, you're the doctor, but let me know. Uh, is that is that directly connected to his hands? His I shoulder? might be moving to Phil's side. Tommy, Hold you're on. being a real, All right, let, real, real quick. His shoulder has to move for his arm to work. So I guess indirectly, <laughs> yes, uh, uh, affects his hands a little bit. But I get what you're saying, Burke. Like he should catch the ball when it hits him in the hands, right? Yes, I, I agree with that. So that's that why I'm going to give him a five. This is a guy that I think he works his ass off to be out there and play. And it's just not working yet this season. I'm not ready to give up on them. It'll be interesting to see with, with Keenum out there, if they develop any kind of chemistry, uh, I don't know. We'll see, but the guy's playing injured. He didn't have a great game and I don't even know what would be interesting. Do, do defenses stop double teaming him soon? And then does he have breakout games? Like, I don't, yeah, who knows? maybe, I don't who know. Knows? I guess we'll see. It seems to me that it's headed in the wrong direction and it just, it's getting harder and harder to think that we're going to eventually get to see the guy that we thought they traded for. Um, and the fact that we talked about him last week and then he rolled right back in Thursday and had a, another really bad game doesn't do anything to make me feel any better about that. But let's feel good about something. Tommy, who gets your game ball on offense from the game against the Broncos? Well, I mean, come on. That's uh, that's easy. And thank you for coming to me first. Say Fran, Fran Mill. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, this is easy. It's Janovich. Oh, wait. He didn't even, I don't think he even played that game. Play. No, um, Stanton the fourth, right? That would have been the fourth. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, obviously, easy answer. Dearnest uh, was, was amazing. And I, I would assume that the other guys would probably go with the uh, same guy. I mean, he had a hell of a game. Um, he looked amazing. Great cutbacks and just, I mean, just so quick. This is still an offensive line that is banged up, and he still had a hell of a game. Yeah, You can't just say, well, we have a great offensive line, and so that's why. I actually saw some stupid headline on Yahoo about, uh, did they just prove that running backs don't matter? No. No, that's not that's not the case. I'm sorry. I, I just completely disagree with that. It's a stupid premise. He had a hell of a game. Phil, game ball. Yeah, definitely, Darnest. His jump move and his cutback was... 
unbelievable. A running back that's running behind a zone blocking offensive line. And that's not easy. So to say running backs don't matter. I I think obviously that that's complete bullshit. I think he proved the the opposite, right? If the running back didn't matter, we would have lost that game. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So zone blocking on the offensive line, the running back's job is in a very quick split second is to decide, do I hit the hole that it's called for or do I cut back? Do I cut back against the grain because there's this huge open? And he did that 100% of the time, which is that's a skill that you see Chubb do and Hunt do. You don't necessarily expect your third back to have that yeah. down the way he did it. And his jump cut was like, whoa, like what, <laughs> what was that? I hope he gets more reps as this season goes on, even as Chubb comes back. Like maybe it's Chubb and DeErnest back there because Hunt's going to be out a while. Yeah, I think that's probably where they're headed. Chucky, how about you? Game ball? It's going to be a little bit of the same here um, for obvious reasons. It was nice to see both running backs. It it seemed like the JV running backs stepped up really nice. They were like, not mirror images, obviously, talent-wise, but they provided the same thing that Nick Chubb and um, and Kareem hunted. But if I have to get in game ball to anybody, uh, usually it's the coach handing them out, but I think Stefanski kind of needs one for this game where you're saying they did enough to win, and that's true. Uh, They protected Case Keenum very nicely. I don't think he threw a ball in the air over like 20 yards more than once. Everything was like five to seven yard passes. Uh, A beautiful scheme, really well drawn out plays most of the time. I want to give one to coach. I think he deserves it after everything that's been going on the past couple of weeks. I think that's a good call. I'm I'm going to go ahead and and give it to Keenum. Obviously, Dearness was amazing. Keenum came in and did what a good backup quarterback should do. He, He made enough plays and didn't make any mistakes that killed us and kept the ball moving just enough to win the game. I don't, I don't know if you can ever get too excited about an offense that only scores 17 points in an NFL game, but I was thrilled by it. (laughs) I found it very exciting while we were, while we were watching that one, but enough stroking the egos of the offense. Let's stroke the D for a couple minutes. Uh, The Broncos, uh, we're not a really great offensive team. Bridgewater was a little bit banged up, but like I said, the Browns held them to only 14 points, which is something. So scale of one to five, one being your grandma giving you a popsicle, five being your grandma giving you a piece of 10-year-old rock candy. How excited were you by the defense this week? N- not really a one, but like a two. <laughs> like it was, it, was, it was good to see. It was exciting to see. They, they came out there and did what they had to do. The first half of that game, that's – popsicle all the way that that's a one no matter what they they held that broncos team over uh third downs in the whole first half of i don't know if i've ever seen that maybe i've seen that watching the browns over the years and i've forgotten it but to not convert a single third down in an entire half they they did exactly what we needed them to do against a bad team so i'll give it a two because the game was still kind of it didn't feel like it but the game was still in question score wise right it was yeah yeah and and I just wanted to see, like, we got the one turnover, which was great. And that was just an awful pass, but at least we caught it and picked it off. But uh, I felt like in the third quarter, the Broncos came out of that locker room. And that's that's the moment where as a defense in that kind of game, you're up 10. Like, all right, you shut them down. Just shut them down like you've been doing all game. And it was the opposite. The Broncos took half the yeah. quarter, marched on the field and scored. And all of a sudden it's a 10 to 7 game. And okay, here we go. So I'm going with the two. Tommy, scale one to five. One yeah, good, would, five bad. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with the two. I feel like, you know, JOK wasn't out there. Walker had a really nice game, I think. I believe he led the team in tackles. 
and guys like Ronnie Harrison, I think had a really nice game, made big plays, came up on screen passes, things like that. Ronnie Harrison blew things like that up and took those plays away. That was nice to see. I mean, obviously, again, like you said, not not a great offense to go against, but they made the plays that they needed to make. So that was that was uh, nice to see. Chucky, what'd you think? One good, five bad. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little more towards bad for the reasons both these guys already lit, especially Phil. I think it's a three. You're playing a very weak offense with a banged up quarterback, and it seemed like a really shitty play calling scheme, uh, at least in the first half. But they did what they needed to do against a subpar offense, so it's it's a three. It doesn't excite me. Uh, when they play high-powered offenses, from what I saw this past week, yeah, I think I'm kind of in the in the same area that Chuck is. I mean, listen, like you're not upset when you get rock candy from your grandma, so it's not really a bad outcome on the five out of the sale. It's still candy, man. You're still excited about uh, it. I don't know. There's a bit of an <laughs> indifference there, right? Like, ah, <laughs> great uh, candy. I'm never gonna eat. <laughs> lose a tooth. But I, I, but I do think that you saw improvement on some of the things that were so ugly in the previous two games. Like there was no play where a wide receiver was just running wide open with nobody around him for 15 yards, the way we had seen a few times. So at least those blown assignments seem to be fixed. This team has only five takeaways in seven games. Should we be losing some sleep over that for as much money as they invested in that secondary in the offseason i say yeah you should be an insomniac and watching infomercials all night long <laughs> um it is odd that there's that little considering the firepower too on the d line and the improvements of linebacking core i would have thought they would have been near the top of the nfl this far into the season when it came to takeaways but uh, five not that great no it's 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 really bad tommy what what do you think man is it a problem that our defense isn't taking the ball away more yeah, I agree with Chuck. You know, you're up, up nights watching uh, what Gotham Steel, uh, whatever those pans are. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that what it's called? I don't know. Anyways, um, <laughs> yes, we should be having more interceptions. You got guys like Denzel Ward and, you know, uh, Greedy, uh, you know, those guys. We have high draft picks that are, you know, that we've invested. We should be getting some takeaways. And also, you know, the amount of money that we've put into this defensive line too how about some strip sacks you know things like that just getting some takeaways that uh we really haven't seen yet so hopefully that's uh that's coming soon phil is this like a law of averages thing somewhere like the law of averages are going to flip into the browns favor and they're going to start racking up some more turnovers as the season goes on yes i think they'll rack up more turnovers um i think there'll be a, a few reasons for that i think the defense uh, we've got to get the secondary healthy. That they came out of that game banged up again. That's going to help to go that way. And and I I actually was leaning towards what what Burke had just mentioned too about the the takeaways. Like where are our strip sacks? Like we we're predicated on this pressure for four yeah. man front pressure on the quarterback. You know strip sack fumble or or even strip the ball from the running back as he gets stood up and you got these these linebackers like JOK when he's out there and and Walker that, you know, that's a scoop and score kind of linebacker right there. So I'm, I'm assuming there's what, 10, 10 games left. We're going to see more of that as the season goes on, as long as the defense continues to learn to play better together. The defensive backs kind of worry me a bit though. We're not playing stud quarterbacks of late. Uh, I think the best quarterbacks we have to face are still on the schedule. So we'll see. Well, hopefully they get that fixed, man. I mean, they're minus two total in the in turnovers for the season so they're not really turning the ball over a ton 
on offense either, which is nice, but like to see the defense get after it a little bit better. Chucky game ball on the defense. Oh man. I don't know if anybody's super deserving, but I think for like one or two, maybe plays, I was super impressed with, with Newsom. I thought uh, he played some very tight coverage, at least in that first half. I may have got, gotten away with one or two uh, ticky tack calls if they would have made them, but they didn't. So uh, nice to see him kind of stepping up and stepping back in, in that, in that starting cornerback position, Phil game ball. I'll give it to John Johnson, the third, only because one, he, he was showing good center field play, right? Like he, he got back on that as a safety, he got back on that Aaron throw and picked it off in the end zone, although it was a 40 yard throw. Uh, but still, you know, he got back on that in space and, and picked that ball off. That was huge. And then he was making good open field tackles. And as a safety and, you know, especially with the past Browns teams, like they would just blow that so many times yeah. and see him come up and make that tackle and, and, okay, they were still giving up some yards on the play, but all right, it was it was short of the first down marker, things like that. I, I think we finally are getting a look at, here's a guy that can play the strong safety position in front of him and behind him and play it at a very high level. Tommy, game ball? I mean, I'll, I'll agree with Chuck that like nobody really stands out big time. I like the, the way Ronnie Harrison plays, especially uh, close to the line. Uh, he's coming up and making plays on you know screen passes, things like that, making tackles close to the line, blowing up running plays. And this is a guy that, you know, think about it. I mean, did anybody really hear this guy before last year when we got him? And, you know, he's 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 making big plays. And um, so I think he's been solid and he's been a, a nice addition, really. If you think about it, uh, you know, when he's not beating up coaches on the sidelines, he's he's out there making plays. So that's good. <laughs> I'm going with Anthony Walker. I thought he had a really good game and just seemed like he was around the ball whenever they needed a playmate. So I yeah. thought he was a really solid effort from him on Thursday night. Moving on to next week, Pittsburgh comes to Cleveland for a game on Halloween Sunday. Steelers will be coming off of a bye week, and it's reported Big Ben is already in Germany getting Kobe Bryant plasma therapy on his whole body. <laughs> Um, so we might have a different big Ben than we've seen. Wow. Previously, uh, um, healthy Ben <laughs> preseason. We all picked the Browns to win this game against the Steelers. Anybody interested in changing their pick? No, nope. I'm, I'm sticking I'm with cl- Browns. I'm close, but no, I think this is a game. The Browns should definitely win. Um, I've got no issue sticking with my pick, even with the offense still banged up. I, I just don't think the Steelers are that strong a squad, but maybe it's a new big Ben. We'll see hmm. now. We are a Cleveland sports podcast, which means we've got to talk about Cleveland sports things, which means we have to talk <laughs> about the Cavs sometimes. Okay. Oh my God. We just got to do it. All right. All it's right. important that we do. So welcome to our first weekly recap <laughs> of the Cavs. It's going to be a quick recap every week. So we're just going to call it sip of wine for the wine and gold Cavs. <laughs> nice. nice. Hey, um, I like it. I like it. <laughs> the Cavs won their first game. This season on Saturday night, they're one and two total. Evan Mobley, double digit points in all three games. He seems to be rebounding pretty well. Do we love Evan Mobley? Yes, I love Evan Mobley. Tom. <laughs> yes, I am very much in love with him. <laughs> I also love Evan Mobley, and it just feels good to get that off my chest and out there. <laughs> <laughs> they are already getting really excited about him. There are people within the Cavs organization that's saying that, that this guy is going to change the franchise, which sounds fantastic because it needs a change. Um, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> that is they, promising. They start a West coast swing tomorrow night. They play the nuggets, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Suns. 
Chuck, can they win one? Uh, yeah, maybe since the Lakers haven't won any, I think they've lost both, at least what I saw at home, and they look real old and real slow doing it. Uh, and I, I dig the internal strife. I don't know if I know you caught AD and uh, Dwight Howard getting yeah, yeah. to it on the bench. Maybe it's the Lakers. I think maybe they can win out there. Tommy. Uh, no, I don't actually think they win one out West. Uh, that's, that's, that's a tough, tough road there, but you know what? They've been somewhat competitive in these games. I tuned in for a little bit the other night. Uh, they actually start like three, seven footers. We are the tallest yeah. team definitely in the NBA. Yeah. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Hopefully Not uh, the guard position. Sorry. No, <laughs> average, height, like average, one. average height, uh, average oh, height, average okay. height. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no, I'm talking about the big guys. Hopefully we get taco fall out there and then he can really bring up that, that average height. And uh, that'd be, that'd be fun to watch. So do you think they're going to win a game next week? I think this week goes to our podcast and we're going to win one. Nothing. <laughs> <All right. Damn. laughs> I think that's a no. So these are all no. West coast <laughs> games real quick. Who's going to volunteer to watch them all for the show? Not it. No, not it. No. You were oh, last. Sorry, Chuck, Chuck was last. Gonna no, watch. No, I said no. Oh man! When you're editing, please listen to me say no right after Phil. I'll watch some. No, of I fine. said not it after Gerber. <laughs> Is one of them on the weekend? Does it happen like at three in the afternoon? No. Or four? No. no. Watch, can I watch like highlights? Maybe. Sure. Okay. No. Who really? No. Somebody's got to stand games? and watch all these games. It's gonna be Chuck. All right, all right fellas. All right. We go ahead and take our first break. We'll come back and head out on the road. Unprofessional and Unprepared is brought to you by the JG21 Diet and Lifestyle System. Tom Brady's unprecedented run to his seventh title once again highlighted his abilities, poise, and the unique TB12 diet that continues to keep him looking and playing like he is in his mid-20s. But not everyone is Tom Brady, and not everyone is looking for a no-sugar no fun diet. That's why I invented the JG21 diet and lifestyle system designed specifically for mediocrity. Feel like drinking that beer? Go ahead. In fact, have a few more if you want. Just make sure tomorrow you do some sit-ups or walk your dog or something. Pizza looking delicious? Go ahead and have a couple extra slices. But work in a salad here or there and try to go for a run this week. Want to spend the whole day working out or watching games and eating wings? I say, who's playing? And can we get some delivery? Just, you know, don't spend every day on the couch in your favorite sweats. Limit that to just a couple days a week. Bottom line, not all guys are looking to reverse age like Tom Brady. For those guys, the JG21 diet and lifestyle system is the perfect low commitment, low results plan. JG21, when you don't need to be Tom Brady, but you don't want to be garbage. Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment. We'll head out on the road. We'll start with the NFL. Tom Brady threw his 600th career regular season touchdown pass today. He's the first guy who's ever done that. He should be retired. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> should, should the Browns really start worrying about the Cincinnati Bengals at this point? <laughs> um, they played an absolutely fantastic game today and uh, rolled up on Baltimore in Baltimore. Phil. Who should we yes. be more afraid of, <laughs> the Bengals or the Ravens? Well, the Bengals are up first, so let's go with the Bengals. Uh, we should be more afraid of them right now because they're coming up at a time where, again, we might be trotting out some backups. And, and depending on who who plays that game, that might not be a bad thing. But, yeah, they, I watched that game today, and I thought 
next to nothing of their defense. And then I watched them play today and our buddy, Larry Okanjobi was just wrecking himself in the middle of the line. I was like, man, like, good thing we let that guy go. Um, And so I don't know it, it, and their offense, like the Bengals offense is a, any play big play offense. They were breaking off 40 yard runs. They were 82 yard pass plays. It was just like, Holy cow. So it's going to be interesting. I think, the Browns chance there is to, you got to, you got to pressure Joe Burrows and that, and then that's the only way we're going to win that game. Tommy, what do you think? Were you surprised to see the Bengals win today? Or are you surprised by the fact that they won by the score that they did? Uh, both. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely surprised that they won and uh, by how much they won, they were able to contain uh, Jackson, which is something that I God, I hope that the Browns can do because we haven't proven it yet. That's the team we need to beat. But at the same time, uh, I believe your original question was who are you worried about? I'm worried about the Bengals. I, I can't believe that they're this good. And as Phil said, uh, their defense is really solid. Uh, even with uh, Eli Apple has not been very good as it, you know, former Buckeye has not been very good, has moved around from team to team. And he's playing very well for them too in the secondary. So I was surprised to see, first of all, that he was still in the league. Uh, but also that he was making plays. <laughs> um, I tell you what, they're they're solid, man. Um, they're a really good team, and I, I saw a lot of that game today. I felt like I mean they're solid at all three phases, so they're a scary team to deal with. Chuck, do you think the Bengals in the first seven games of this season have leapfrogged the Browns as like the best young and up and coming team in this division? It reminds me a little of the Browns last year, right? Where people kind of didn't expect all that much i thought and i said on this podcast i thought they were a year away because they had yeah. some offensive line issues mm-hmm. yep they don't have many issues um and uh, the difference i think is their youth that receiving core is so young and so talented uh their quarterback is beyond talented mixon's been around for years but seems rejuvenated and, and it's i don't want to say it's scary or it's terrifying like they look phenomenal but as we know, sometimes really good teams have really bad weeks. Uh, and maybe that's what happened to the Ravens this week. Yeah, you know, like, yeah absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And at some point, you just turn it off and shut down and go, this game is over. We're going to check out and just take our ass whipping. And then maybe we'll beat up on whoever we're playing next week. So yeah. uh, nonetheless, uh, I, I do I do like how good Cincinnati looks as a young offensive dynamic team. So uh, worries me as a Browns fan, but it's nice to see like that kind of talent is unbelievable, especially at their receiver and tight end position. Mm. Yeah. The thought of the Browns trying to cover Jamar chase right now (laughs) does not, does not not fill me with joy. (laughs) That was a great win for us though. That was a great win for us because it brought brought the division leaders back to us one game away. So yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of good weeks and bad bad weeks, Tennessee Titans, like holy shit, the Tennessee Titans <laughs> dominated yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs today, a week after beating the Buffalo Bills, who I think is the best team in the AFC. Tommy, are we all sleeping on Tennessee? Or at least were we until they played today? <laughs> yeah, maybe until today, like you said. Um, any team with Derrick Henry in the backfield is going to be solid. I don't know what the hell happened today with KC. Uh, I did not see a lot of that game, but I did text that KC never got off the bus. Um, that's kind of the way it seemed. I, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I think at one point it was, what, 27 to 3? 
or something like that. I mean, it was just well, that unreal. was the final score. Oh, yeah. The final, yeah. Yeah. Oh, was that at the final? Point, I'm sorry. At one point, I think it was 24 to nothing. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. I didn't, didn't realize the final, but yeah, it was uh, like a field goal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Way to get those three points. I mean, that was just an ass whooping. And I, I, yeah, I, I don't get that at all. Tennessee's defense, they normally have a solid defense, have a, a, a solid defense, but to hold Casey to three points, um, that's not something that anybody saw coming. Phil, what what do you think today was about? The Titans being good or the Chiefs having a rotten week? The Chiefs obviously had a rotten week. Their, their defense hasn't stopped anyone all year, so so you need that offense to come out there and put 30 points at least on the board, and, and clearly they did not. But Derrick Henry specifically, I think, is just bored with professional football players. Like he threw a pass today for a touchdown. Like he's just <laughs> he's just that bored. He's going to lead the league in rushing, and he's throwing. They actually called a play for him to pass the ball into the end zone. Like why are we doing this? So uh, he seems bored out there and just dominating. Um, but the Chiefs are the Chiefs just really laid an egg for sure. So Chuck, I don't know if you got to see much of it. I watched a bit of this today. But with about nine minutes left in the game and the score 27 to three, Patrick Mahomes is still on the field. He got sacked and he got his his head and neck like whipped backwards running into a dude. It looked like he was at best seriously concussed. And I think he ended up being okay. But is there any point for Patrick Mahomes to still be on the field for Kansas City at that point in the game? Um, oh, in the 50 um, prior minutes of the game, you scored three points. You really think you're, <laughs> you're throwing a, a 24 spot in the last nine minutes? Yeah, no, you're, you're right there. He, he shouldn't have been on the field. And I know I think they're my, they were my Super Bowl pick. Uh, the Chiefs were this year and they do a lot of things really badly. They just look terrible. And maybe it's because they have a bullseye on them or whatever. But I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from Tennessee because they have put together two unbelievably great weeks of football and beat up on two really great teams, two of the better teams in the AFC. Uh, but the Chiefs are just really bad. Uh, and I saw I didn't see it live. And I, you know, I've, I've said this many times on the pot. I don't like to seek out to see people get hurt. Uh, and that was terrifying to see it yeah. in slow motion, yeah. like to see a guy basically at full force, knee him in the face and watch his neck snap straight back. I don't know if they figure it out this year. Uh, and that's okay. I've been wrong before <laughs> in, in predictions, but man, they are a bad football team. And to get to your question, if they're, if they're playing that badly, that poorly against a game that is so far out of hand, um, why, why is your best player and arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL on the field uh, for that ass whipping that late in the game? Just throw back to last week when we discussed the three and three teams. Right. And yeah, you told me that the Chiefs were going to turn then, it around. And you also said Carolina still plenty was of going to there's as well. Still, hey, there's plenty of time, my man. He, he, picked, four. he picked four. <laughs> he picked four. He said four <laughs> teams were going to play. Although I also said the hey, Chiefs. I'm working on percentages <laughs> here. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> there's still right, now, a season left. One of the things I think we're guilty of is we spend a lot of time talking about good teams. And we don't really give any attention to the teams that are really bad. So we're going to stick in the NFL, but we're going to talk about bad teams. There are currently eight teams that already have uh, five or more losses. Houston, Detroit, Miami, Jacksonville, both New York teams, the Washington football team, and the Eagles. Chucky, which one of those teams is the worst? Probably the, the Houston 
uh, I'm assuming uh, offensively, they can't do diddly. I know they brought in a kid from Stanford, right? And they have to see what they have in him before next year, but they might get infused. Apparently there is a lot of interest in Deshaun Watson from both Carolina and Miami. Yeah. Uh, so they might be getting a quarterback in return, uh, but ultimately that is a, a, a pretty bad football team. Uh, and I don't know, man, maybe, maybe two to three wins if they're lucky this year. I'm saying they're, they're the shittiest team in the NFL right now. Phil. Who's the worst? Chuck makes a good argument for the Houston Texans, <laughs> but I'm going to go with the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Now, they have a very young rookie quarterback who looks even younger than a rookie quarterback. Left the game uh, today there. with a knee injury. Right, exactly. Nice. So <laughs> the, the Jets just, I feel bad for Jets fans because I feel like we can really relate to what the Jets fans are going mm, through right yeah. now. The Jets remind me of the Browns for almost all of the Browns recent existence up until about two years ago, <laughs> you know, where it's just like they get talent and they somehow squander that talent and they're, they may not have the worst record every season, but every other season, they're going to have the worst record. And in between that, they're going to eke out four wins. Tommy, who's the worst. I mean, I can't disagree with either one of them. Uh, they're, they're both <laughs> just awful. I guess I'll lean towards Chuck. I mean, Houston is just, just terrible. terrible. They're just terrible. And I'm afraid, Chuck, yes, of course. Um, <laughs> no, both teams are just so bad. And, uh, you know, I agree with Phil. I mean, it's like, you know, watching the Jets, that's us watching for the last, what, 20-some years. But Houston is just lost, uh, especially because their their quarterback can't um, stop going to, like, getting massages and stuff like that. So it's just a bad team, bad organization. And uh, what's his name, who was their coach, just absolutely destroyed that team. Bill O'Brien. Thank yeah. you. Oh, yeah. Um, my, my gosh, God. He ruined them. Getting rid, get, getting rid of Hopkins. Yeah. And just every other movie made for some reason, letting him be the GM along with being the coach. Yeah. Um, that team is in a world of hurt. Yeah. They may be consistently the worst for like the next like two or three years, just because it's mm. going to be so hard to fix what that guy <laughs> caused. I gave some thought about going with either the Washington football team or the Eagles because we're seven games into the season. And I think the Cowboys already have a five-game lead in their division. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. They're going to clinch it like week 13. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the, the, the Washington football team actually looked pretty pretty good today, I'll say. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah their offense yeah. isn't bad. Um, and their defense is solid. They've got talent. They've got yeah, talent. Um, defense is good. Yeah. yeah, I saw some of that game today. Their defense is solid. So I mean, they have stuff to build around at least yeah heineke um, is a better quarterback heineke, than whoever's quarterback yes, in houston right yes, now. yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. I, I give heineke a lot a lot of a lot of props because um he made some plays today especially with his feet and getting first downs he doesn't have a ton around him so i i, yeah. I give him credit there and the defense is at least competing out there so you know they have something to work off of at least yeah and it's funny that i i went same direction that phil that i went with the jets i think it's funny that Detroit is now 0-7 and, and none of us picked them. But the thing is, I think like the Lions have been in like three yeah. or four games this year. They yeah. just they almost beat the Rams today. I'm the road. Dan Campbell. We do love Dan Campbell. That's true. That's friend true. of the pod. Yeah. All right. So the Falcons, Bears, and Colts aren't among the worst teams yet. But any of those three teams has a shot to join the rank of the worst teams. Falcons, Bears, or Colts, which one is going to play down to get themselves into the conversation as the worst in the league by the end of the year? I guess I got to lean towards the Bears. Um, they looked awful today. I mean, that was just a 
attempts to beat them. And I hate to say that because obviously Justin Fields is the starting quarterback and I'd like to see him do well. It, it did not look good today. They they looked like a JV team, and it was it was just awful. They're obviously playing the Super Bowl champs, but at the same time, I think what they ended up with three points today. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so, they got uh, they got smoked today. Yeah, it, not 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 good. So it, it's unfortunate, and they need to you know get some weapons around Justin. Hopefully, uh, have a better future, but not looking good. I would have probably said Falcons, but they got Kelvin Ridley back. And all of a sudden it looks like, hey, we drafted a stud transitional tight yeah, end. Yeah. And hey, maybe we should get him the football. He had an awesome game today. <laughs> mm-hmm, uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so at least they have some weapons uh, where the Bears, I- I'm, not, I'm not sure from my limited exposure to them, they seem to be getting dominated. So I would assume they will fall into that shittiest of NFL teams category. Assuming all three starting quarterbacks stay healthy the rest of the year, I'm going to go with the Bears as well, because I think... You've got Wentz and Ryan who are going to lead those teams to a couple wins here and there with some talent around them as, as Burke and Chuck both mentioned. And then you've got Justin Fields who he's a rookie and he doesn't have the talent around him that those other teams have. They've got some good talent, but not, not like those teams. And he's going to make rookie mistakes and probably lose games that those other quarterbacks would have won in that same scenario. So I feel like the bears will join the ranks of the, of the bad teams, but probably of those three be the better team in two years. You know, we're unanimous. It's the bears that, that it, it looks bad and it only looks like it's getting worse for them. Thanks for talking bad football teams with me, guys. That was fun. We never get to do that. <laughs> it's not our team. This is weird. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Taking a quick look at uh, the major league baseball playoffs in the world series coming up, starting this week, uh, the dreaded and hated Astros, took three in a row from the Red Sox to get into the World Series. The Braves behind Eddie Rosario. Man, we barely knew you in Cleveland, buddy. Um, Take down the Dodgers in six, which is something, considering what that Dodgers team was built like and the way they played all season long. That's a a huge thing for the Braves, I think, to have accomplished. Uh, So World Series picks. Phil, we'll start with you. Can the Braves stay hot, or are the Astros just too good and they're good at cheating? Well, they are good at cheating. They got caught, so I don't know how good they are cheating. uh, It doesn't matter, I guess, because they can cheat and get away with it. I'm going to say the Braves can stay hot. I don't know a lot about this Braves team other than smaller beard Rosario because he was on the tribe. They seem to be a team of really good young talent at every position. I am going to root for the Braves in this series. (laughs) Like I've never rooted for a National League team in my life. I'm hoping they're going to stay hot. I'm not sure that I trust that little beard rosario is going to stay hot or not the fact that he got the uh nlcs uh mvp is just hilarious but uh, uh he, he was unreal uh he was yeah. amazing in that series uh, i think he had more hits in the series than he oh, did for the God. entire then time he did the whole time he was with the tribe yes yeah. absolutely and they do have some young talent uh dansby swanson is a, a nice shortstop for them um obviously they have ozzy albies they, they got some young talent there that uh i think can, can give houston a run i God, I hate Houston. Please, God. <laughs> Please, God, exactly. beat the shit out of the exactly. Houston Astros. I'm sorry. I'll write a prayer. <laughs> you want God to beat the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah. I do. I do. They deserve they, you know it. what? They, they deserve, deserve it. it, and God knows it. No. Jackie, what do you think? Braves or uh, Astros? Yeah, I don't I don't know how much. We're all of we're all like-minded individuals here. 
we're all really hoping that the Braves win this thing because we all share a very big hatred for the Astros. I, I don't want to hear the storyline if the Astros win about the redemption thing and they did it. They did it cleanly. Like all it does is continue to bring light that they f-ing cheated a few years ago. <laughs> so I am, uh, <clears throat> I am pulling out. I still have it. It still fits. Uh, my Atlanta Braves jersey from eighth grade. I'm going to be wearing that thing um, every game. <laughs> who, I'm what what jersey watching those games. I who, have the white it? Atlanta. It's, no, it's, it's no it's name. Like a, okay, okay. No name. Like David, David Justice or something. <laughs> what, no, size, what size no, is that? Mark, it's Mark Lemke. Mark uh, Lemke. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> when you were in eighth uh, grade, it was, it's Dale Murphy. That's the only Dale Murphy. Yeah, right, right. Lemke, Terry Pendleton was on that team. Ooh, um, yeah. I yeah, I was I was a Braves fan back then. So right. uh, I, I'd love to see the Braves win. I don't know if they do, though. It would be great to see them win, I suppose, even though I'm still mad at them for beating the Indians. But, right. Uh, I think the Astros, I think the Astros are just too good. And cheaters are not. They're just just a deep, really good baseball team that does not shy away from the giant moments. Down 2-1 to the Red Sox, and the whole world thought the Red Sox were going to run away with that series. And the Astros just like, nah. We'll just win the next three and take a couple days off before the World Series starts. I'm going with Astros winning the series, uh, but I won't be super happy about it if that's what happens. (laughs) But, fellas, why don't we take our final break? We'll come back. We'll head off the field. Unprofessional and Unprepared is brought to you by this proud sponsor. Baby bladder syndrome, or BBS, affects one in eight adult males in their mid-40s and can impact regular daily life functions like helping kids with homework, watching any television show longer than 28 minutes, and walking more than a mile without a bathroom break. BBS is especially difficult for podcasters. A BBS-afflicted podcaster lives in fear of the too-long segment or an overly talkative guest. That's why we here at Unprofessional and Unprepared developed the first-ever personal catheter urination system specifically designed for podcasters. The podcath is discreet and easy to use and reuse during any podcast. When your BBS acts up during a show, don't panic, run for the bathroom, or just let it fly. Instead, slip on the podcath and let your hot takes flow while you flow into one of three handy disposable pouches. The podcath can be customized for all sizes, even the one you think you are, and can be matched to your skin tone. The podcast's patented urine pouches are discreetly disguised as a briefcase, backpack, or large fanny pack, so you can carry with confidence even after you fill them up. Don't let BBS interrupt you. Pod freely for as long as you want with the podcast. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. We'll head off the field, and we'll start with Facebook. This week, Facebook is going to come out with new branding and a name change. And so I've got some ideas. I just want to run them by you really quick. None of them are great, but if Facebook wants to change its name and it wants to become more accurate, I'm all in favor of it. So I thought waste time and get dumb. Not bad. All right. Sure. Sure. Old person internet. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Fake book. (laughs) That was Tammy's idea. Nice. And, uh, and scroll while you poo. Is Facebook changing its name going to make any damn difference in the product that we use? You know, I, I tried to think about this when they, when they came out and they're using great words like metaverse. Um, oh, like we're going to get to that. Okay. Uh, uh, spoiler alert. Then I, I was trying to think of any company 
that large in our lifetime who rebranded yeah. and it meant anything. And there's nothing on that level that affected that many people on a day-to-day basis. So I, I don't know, whatever demons they have, I think follow them with their new title, but Hey, new shiny look over here kind of deal. Maybe it helps for a little while, but I don't know. I just know probably everybody will hate the name. That seems to always happen when you change anything like the guardians. Right. <laughs> I guess I we have some experience with this. Don't we? Good point. <laughs> Tommy, what do you think? You got to love Facebook. well as you know i really don't i don't go on there very often i can't stand it and a name change is really not going to do a whole lot so uh i'll defer to phil and let's see what phil thinks about okay i think phil Um, is the only one of us that doesn't have a facebook account (laughs) that's right he doesn't even have an account i do not have a facebook account i congratulate Um, you for that I, I don't know what it's to scroll while you while you poo. Will you get one? Well, that's what, that's what I was about to say. Like, this might be important for me, because if they change their name to something like scroll while you poo, I have to get it right. Like, I mean, that's just like I, I there's no yeah. no question asked. Like, right. All right. I'm, right. I'm signing up. Yeah. So, you know, if they go that route, I'll sign up. If not, uh, I'm probably still not going to have an account. And uh, Chuck brought up a good question. Like, was there any rebranding of a like, nothing this big, like nothing this big rebrands for, for I don't know what, like BW threes became B dubs. Like, all right, great. You can't count yeah. a three anymore. Right. There's no three W's. <laughs> yeah. What the, what yeah. the hell? <laughs> you know? But so I don't know. That is in B dubs is an enormous company, but right, it ain't right, Facebook, right. man. But wasn't like that was more organic because everybody was calling it that anyway, even though it wasn't their official title. Yeah. Yeah. And then no one understood what the third W was that no one knew what WEC meant. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. I was, I hadn't thought about it that way, Chuck, in, in trying to, trying to fit this into a comparison during our lifetime, but it's really, really hard to think of anything that's even close to this, mainly because there haven't been that many companies in our lifetime that are like this, that are just as gigantic. It's weird to look at it and say, well, it's Facebook, Amazon, or Google. And one of them changed their name, you know, it'd be like if if Amazon chose another huge river, like, all right, we're now the Nile. Like what? (laughs) Why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Why would you do that? Facebook's a really weird product because I feel like 90% of the people I know have it. And almost that same percentage of people hate it. Well, Chucky, why are we using a product that none of us like? Why are we doing this? Man, it's a it's a tough call because like it infiltrated your life as a social media platform. And I got that. It was like perfectly built, I guess, for you to check in or people to check in on you who you don't normally talk to, and you see some photos like, hey, I haven't seen this person in 15 years. Look how cute their kid is, or God, they got super fat, whatever it is. It's like a lurker (laughs) mentality. What happens is once money starts coming in, you have to continue to generate more content and move in more different direction. So there's a Facebook marketplace. There's all these different things now that are part of that site. So I I don't know, like it kind of Trojans horse its way in, I think, uh, at its origin to be something about social media when that term, nobody really knew what it meant anyway, but now it's, it's moved in way too many different directions, uh, especially for people who get 90% of their news on there and think that's real, uh, or, or whatever it is. Um, (laughs) I think it would have been a lot different if that dude got laid a lot more in college. I I think it just, (laughs) maybe it would have been a question though, as, as the outsider listening to you guys talk about this, like why change its brand? 
is it because of the negativity that's been attached to it in in the recent months and years and all the you know the negative news and the fake this fake that is is that what's put like why change facebook call it whatever you want but why yeah. is that what's driving change. this the name what, change is not going to change any of that stuff. They're, they're still going to know right? it's like, Facebook, right? Yeah. So, so does, yeah. is that what do you guys is think? Is it going to look different on my phone? This? Yeah, I mean, it's still the same company in the same product. So, what exactly are you? Right. I mean, what, is, what exactly yeah. you think you're fooling? It's still the same stuff, you know. So, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I don't get it. I've yeah. got this totally new I, social media app on. Yeah. Wow. It's not Facebook anymore. It's totally new. I think that's part of it, Phil. I think yeah. the other part of it is this metaverse thing that um, Zuckerberg wants to create. Facebook in his mind is not going to be the dominant thing that this company produces in five years because they're going to have created this metaverse, which is essentially, as best I can understand it, <laughs> is instead of like Facebook being on your phone, like you're going to be in Facebook. <laughs> Like, like the gonna, matrix, like you're going to be in it. The yes, hell yes, is going yeah. on here. So yeah. the We're metaverse in the Facebook, the, the metaverse. metaverse is an online platform where users can enjoy a virtual society. And I'm Whoa. pulling this as a quote directly from like a magazine article, magazine article. I read it on the internet today. <laughs> article I took I out a periodical and it was amazing. <laughs> I went to the it library. Took, it took three weeks for it to get here, but we got it. <laughs> So the, the metaverse is a digital platform enhanced by augmented and virtual reality where people interact through digital avatars. The play that Facebook made was they bought a company called Oculus, mm -hmm. which is one of the big like virtual reality, like, you know, you put on like the yeah, goggles commercials like all that. day yeah, yeah, commercials yeah. for it on yeah. football games. Yeah. Um, so they own that. And that's going to be your entree into the metaverse. This and is the matrix. This and is it's. It sounds awful. It it is almost like a completely digital existence, but they're saying that hey, you're going to be able to go into this metaverse and you're going to be able to interact with people. Um, you're going to be able to work. You're going to be able to live an entire world and an entire life inside the metaverse. The matrix. Just say yeah, it. yeah. Inside so the it's matrix. yeah. Well, no, you, you're not like birds. hooked up and being like in uh, some like pod getting like energy not yet no but but you're you you need this device on you to live this virtual existence that at some point you think is reality perhaps yeah. isn't Take zuckerberg just taking Take the red pill <laughs> isn't yes. isn't zuckerberg just taking where we're headed and just accelerating it like we spend so much time in a digital connection right now mm. he's just making yes. it he's just making it bigger yeah. right and more accessible. Yeah. I, I think you're, you're onto something uh, here <laughs> again. again. I don't think I want you. to be, I want to. <laughs> right. No, no. Yeah. Right. Right. I don't know if any of you have actually put on any of those VR games and played those things. Uh, I did about like a month and a half ago and played ping pong and it was terrifying. Maybe because we're used to gaming with thumbs and joysticks, uh, but this yeah. was depth and it was spin rate. And I'm like, this is insane. And then I boxed for a round. I'm like, what the f is going on here? Uh, I, I think you're right. You're, you're talking about a matrix, but I, I assume most of you, because you have kids have seen Wally, -E, 
right? And where these gigantic fat people are just kind of plugged in at all times. I think that's what's going to happen. Most of the time we have been uh, told by whoever that life is terrible and it sucks and there's no experience left. And, and you can create a digital experience and never have to leave your house. It's, it's scary for, I think, people from our generation uh, and maybe a little younger, but kids might be super into it, man, where, where your, your interactions aren't, aren't face-to-face anymore. They're not in groups anymore. You can do anything. Has, have any of you ever seen Ready Player One? Yep. Seen the movie or read the book? That, that's what it kind of feels like. Like, this is what it's going to, to move into for humanity at some point, where it's funny you're an avatar. Like- Part of what you were saying sounds a lot like Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yep. You know, where you yeah, just like sit down, they plug a memory into your head and yes, you've got the yeah. experience. So let me let me play both sides of the fence here because we're good at sitting on it. Um, the <laughs> the negative side of it that you guys have and myself included have been alluding to is the fact that okay, this is going to remove the the need or the desire for people to have actual interactions with other human beings, and you're gonna just sit at home and get fat and be like in the movie Wally. The other side of this is it does provide interaction that otherwise would have never, ever occurred in some people's lives. People that can't get out of their homes, people that are disabled, people that are in different countries, speak different languages, all these kind of things. So I I would never want to put some laws in order that that would stop this from happening, but that doesn't make it any less terrifying (laughs) because of because of where this could go, given the majority of human beings. I'm all for it for the people that Phil's pointing out, like people that maybe can't get out of their homes, have certain circumstances where it just, you know, they're not able to go out and experience the world. But this is terrifying for our kids. Like our kids need to interact. They need to be with other people. They need to get away from these screens and everything else. And that's, I think, why we're maybe struggling at times with our kids in in, in this country, because it's just they're too attached to this stuff. Yeah. They need to get away from it and they need it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the point. If you're Facebook or whatever, they're going to rebrand themselves to, they want you there as long as humanly possible. And now they're creating a metaverse for you to never have to leave. Yeah. Of course there are lots of good things that can come from it. That's amazing. I mean, it's amazing. Like you could, um, you could have opportunities to get education by sitting in like a virtual classroom that is so real. It's like you're there that you might never have in, in the town or the country that you live in. That's amazing. You know, I'm a, I'm a believer that if we make all people smarter, we're all going to be better for it. The notion of balance when it comes to social media and kids, at least in, in my experience, you are going to lose that fight. We tried and tried and tried to get our kids off their phones, off their screens. We tried to limit their time. We, we tried to, we tried everything we could and we still lost because this shit is like addictive and they've like grown up with it and all their friends have it. My kids are early twenties and man, I hardly ever see them without their face in a phone. And I'm not, sometimes I'm no better. Sometimes Tammy's no better too, but just a phone, just a thing in your hand is a hard thing to beat. I can't imagine what it's going to be like where you're just like, peace out. I'm going to put these on and I'm in like a whole different world, man. That, that's crazy. Well, I don't think you lost. I don't think you necessarily lost when, when I well, mentioned we did. balance. Well, okay. 
<laughs> you're you're closer to it than me. But the uh, you know balance doesn't have to be you, you know okay. You spend X amount of hours on a screen, so you have to have equal amount of hours doing something that's non-screen related. I, I think you know your kids played sports. Your kids did other things. Yeah. Like there's a balance to just what life has to offer. So right now my kids are very young. They are going to only know this kind of stuff, yep. right? Like that's it. Like they already do. That's all they already they know. know. Yeah, absolutely. All, all they know is this kind of stuff. They can probably um, work your phone better than you can. Absolutely. My five-year-old is yeah. a whiz at technology, you know, cause that's all he's ever known. And, and that's fine. I mean, there's, there's a lot of really positive things that may come of that in the future, but as a parent, I'm not going to keep track of hours and minutes and days and these kind of things. The balance is, you know what, these kids are still playing sports or they're still involved in, in art or, or music or what have you. They go outside and explore the woods and come home and we do some crazy video gaming in a VR, whatever. And that that's fine. Like it, it can all exist simultaneously and improve everyone's experience, but we all know that's not the way this is going to go for the vast majority of people, unfortunately. It's a tough fight, man. If you haven't been through it yet because your kids are are still young, I can tell you that it's uh, it's hard. It's hard, man. I wish that my kids weren't as tied so closely to their cell phones as they are, but um, they're, I don't think they're different than anybody else in their generation. Well, all right. Facebook, good luck with all of that. Um, <laughs> let us know how the metaverse turns out. We're going to move on to something lighter. How about we talk about the worst fantasy league ever? Chuck, have you been able to look at your team at all? No, because I invoked power of attorney to my attorney this week. <laughs> <laughs> you, did, you did a good job. I think you didn't have anyone on a buy this week. It was amazing. Well, no, I, I filled out his lineup my, for him and he kicked yeah. my ass. <laughs> Thank hilarious. you. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, so I mean, you are my representation and you reached out and I said, please, sir. And but then I asked you for, uh, I think, a link or something like that. And you ignored me. So it's OK. So, Chuck, you're not mad. You're just disappointed. Go with Brandon Cooks. You only had seven points. Yeah, I'm really mad with that, too, because I he started off in double digits most of the season. Uh, not that I would know because I didn't see it after week one. Uh, but, yeah, he, he seemed to have a bad week. Thank you, Tommy. You're not mad. You're just disappointed. One player on your team. Uh, I'm going to go with the Rams defense. They stunk. They only gave me three points. Most of my guys actually had a pretty good week. And I'm surprised because Miller actually filled out a squad. So, oh, wait, actually, no. He had Antonio Brown in there still. And, uh, <laughs> and he, he was, retired like two years ago. And he was out. <laughs> so he was out. So, yeah. So I'm going to go. Uh, my D is the, the worst out of the bunch so far. Phil, you're not mad. You're just disappointed. I'm going to go with my team MVP this week, Lamar Jackson. I need, I need him to really score a shit ton of points. And he did not today. It wasn't <laughs> bad, but he still got outpaced by Matthew Stafford in a head to head matchup by 10 points. So disappointed in Lamar. I'm going with OBJ because for all the talk I have on this show, complaining about the way he's playing, I still put him in my lineup every week. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he clearly has chemistry issues with everybody else on the team. Cause he was, he was bad again. <laughs> Chucky, extra orange slices this is it, week. Is my Jamar Chase, right? Jamar still? Chase. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hey, listen, the smartest points. move I ever made was taking him off my bench after week one and putting him in the starting <laughs> lineup. That's the last move I made. <laughs> Tommy, extra orange slices. Who gets them this week? Uh, Terry McLaurin, my buck guy. He was awesome. 33.2 points. He was, he was outstanding for Washington, which, of course, lost. But uh, he had a huge game. So, Phil? I'm going to give my orange slices to uh, Leonard Fournette because he was a a last 
minute substitution off my bench due due to injury and he didn't he didn't do great but he scored 17 points which i think is amazing for someone who looks like he's our age yeah. <laughs> somehow he's 10 years younger than tom not, brady but, he looks, but it looks yeah. 10 years older than yeah. him, right right <laughs> that's correct i'm going down to tampa too i'm gonna uh, give my orange slices to the tampa defense they beat the hell out of the bears today but it's not going to matter because chuck beat my ass solidly and soundly this week uh let's do some shit talking denko you're playing bonhard next week you beat him in week one uh, i can't even remember winning in a week but i i did beat him in week one uh my shit talking to bonhard is i i did some advanced scouting this weekend and bonhard and vodka played against each other and started a shit ton of people that were on buys <laughs> so, <laughs> and i'm pretty i'm pretty sure bonhard's laying waste to him but they all started players on buys. So I'm going to say bye-bye, B. I think I'm going to take it because you won't even look. <laughs> well, interesting. Chuck, you play Vodka. You lost to him in week one. <laughs> oh, f- um, <laughs> I think you're going to be okay here. Yeah. No yeah. one is actually playing. But still, let, let me. Last week, I had a problem with the platform because I couldn't see anything. Why am I playing the same fucking guy? A month later. There's only there's, uh, a, there's only there's only there's two. Us. There's two. Uh, yeah. Um, have I played yeah. everyone? Yeah. I think we have to play everyone three times. Yeah. <laughs> before yeah. The season. yeah. Pretty much. I have to come up with shit talking for everybody three times. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, apparently I'm going to leave it up to uh, my attorney, Jason Gerber, to set my limit for this week. <laughs> Maybe you should be doing the shit talking and not me. <laughs> I got my own problems. All, All right. right. All right. <laughs> Tommy, you're playing Terzik. You lost in week one. I did. I think he smoked me too. So uh, I'm hoping that he is uh, not going to realize there's a game uh, going on. And let's see. Who's he? Uh, he's oh, got a good okay. team. He's got the Manway Mullers. Yeah, he's he's really, he's got a really good team. And um, I think that's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he uh, he fed you some some dough or something. Something something happened there because that doesn't make sense. Okay, that, that was shit talking about me. Right. (laughs) All right. Um, I'm playing Miller. I beat him in week one and I'm still mad about when he asked me to help him move once and didn't mention that we would be moving a washer and a dryer up to a third floor attic apartment. I took that personally and I think it is (laughs) going to give me an edge this week against Miller. He's going down boys. We are out of time. I am out of questions for now. And we just did the entire episode without mentioning that one of the creators of NBA jams and a lifelong Pistons fan, admitted to adding code to the game to make it more difficult for the bulls to beat the pistons in nba jams with that story about a living genius behind us i hope you guys have a great week let's get together and do this again real soon oh yeah absolutely Oh, oh, Chuck sorry. does. Yeah, I jumped the gun. Right. That's okay. That's okay. That's Chuck, okay. go ahead. Yeah. Why don't we go ahead and take our first bake? We'll come. <clears throat> Why don't we go ahead and take bake? Our... <laughs> I'd love to bake. <laughs> yeah. What? <sighs> you are in Michigan. Baker <laughs> Mayfield. Why did the Astros cheat? They're so good. There's they yeah. have so much talent. It's yeah. so stupid, and I hate them. Yes. Part of the game. Can't somebody yeah, say that. It's part of the game. It's, I love it. That, that no, smacking any, a trash can with a baseball bat. Right. I agree. That's just hilarious. It's like any anytime they show anything on like Twitter or something like that with Houston, 
it'll be like an interview with like Altuve or something like that. And, you know, they're trying to hype everybody up and like everything below it, every comment below it is just trash cans and like, yeah, like like these weird things like banging trash cans. Didn't they have like, like mechanisms on their, on their undershirt too? Like they were getting signals. Well, Altuve, the one time he came after he hit a home run, he came home and held his jersey together. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, he, he hit like a walk-off home run, and yeah. he didn't want them ripping his jersey off. And the, yeah, in the exactly. it's the theory it's like, is it's because he was wearing something underneath it. He's wearing a fucking it, wire. He's a rat. He was. He was a rat. <laughs> he was a rat. That dirty rat. Um, I, I feel like this is if the '85 Bears were cheating. Like, why? Why yeah. are you yeah, cheating? Right, yeah, right, just right, dominating yeah. everybody. Yeah. Stop it! You're stupid. <laughs> you yeah. Know, what do you do? Yeah. Uh, a dad's and daughters softball game for one of my daughter's wow. softball teams at the end of the year um Please don't tell me. and uh, struck out didn't you there was the guy's uh no the guy's no. last name was uh, you know what i could have it was fast pitch and i oh, hadn't picked yeah, up yeah. a bat in like 20 no, years no. so I mean, it was a very, very real possibility and the girl right. that the girl that pitched ended up um she pitched uh two no hitters that season for us Wow. And uh, and I think she pitched in college. So, I mean, like, nice. she was legit. But, like, one of the other dads got on the second base when I was batting. And sure as shit, he was, like, holding up the signs, like, above his head. <laughs> I mean, it was like a fastball. <laughs> this guy wants like, to do his own <laughs> son and a father's son. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. That was good. That guy's... Uh... The, the, the Brad Doherty, the Brad Doherty burger when we were growing up was my favorite. Between that and the Michael Dean Perry burger were my. Two I don't favorite. remember the Brad Doherty one. I oh, remember I the MVP. either. I remember. So, I remember Michael Dean Perry. Brad yeah. Doherty burger. You'll remember this when I tell you this. I, I think the Brad Doherty burger when it it took the place of the Michael Dean Perry burger, right? Like Michael mm-hmm. Dean Perry yeah. was no longer on the Browns, and it was the same thing, but it was Brad Doherty. And all he did in the commercial was take a bite of it, and all he said was, "It'll make a man feel seven feet tall." <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that actually. Yes. I don't remember that. I'm like, oh my god, I, I want to feel seven feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> the Brad Doherty burger. I oh, wouldn't want to feel seven. I would just no, want to feel no. full after I ate a burger. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would I want to be yeah, seven it, feet tall? Yeah, what? It was I definitely don't worst. want to be seven feet tall. I'd like to feel what it's like to be six feet tall. I think that seems yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then maybe one of the Cavs' current guards should do that commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a clown? You're the museum?